Hi, it's John Hall. Summer is supposed to be a time of relaxation, and many of us use the downtime to nurture our minds a bit. To that pursuit, I'm happy to offer up a special bonus show this week, although it's not mine. James Atkinson is a journalist in Australia who hosts the Drinks Adventures podcast. A few weeks back, he was kind enough to run one of my shows on his channel, and now I'm returning the favor. On this show, James talks with DJ McCready, an American-born brewer who is now living and working west of Sydney at Mountain Culture Brewing Company, a new brew pub he founded with his wife Harriet. James tells us that the North Carolina-born DJ exploded onto the Australian brewing scene at the inaugural Craft Beer Awards, now known as the Indies, in 2014. At the time, DJ was brewing with a little-known startup from Sydney's northern beaches, Modus Operandi Brewing Company, where he created beers such as the former tenant Red IPA, which won champion Australian beer at the awards that year, and is still picking up gongs today. In fact, it was named Champion IPA at the Indies earlier in 2019. Now with their new brewing company, Mountain Culture, in a heritage building in the center of Katoomba, DJ and Harriet have built a fantastic brew pub that is already being embraced by the locals. And, as you'd expect from a brewer of his caliber, the beer DJs is making up there, James says, are outstanding. James begins their chat by returning to that night in 2014, when the Australian brewing industry fast became familiar with the name DJ McCready. Yeah, that was really awesome. It kind of feels like we're repeating history in some ways with mountain culture. Like we're going through a lot of the, you know, the same steps opening up. And of course, it's been this big struggle. But, uh, you know, Modus, we had been opened a, a few months. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to remember back. But at the time, I think we were just like, oh, hell, why not? We'll just we'll put the beers in and, and see how we go. And yeah, it was awesome. It really was one of those things that like, was so good after this like really tough slog of opening up the brewery to be like, hey, you know, you guys are making awesome beer and people were appreciating it. And yeah, yeah, it's an incredible way to start off my brewing journey over here in Australia. And as I understand it, that was actually very early on in yours and Harriet's relationship. And she kind of came along with you that night and then she was like, wow, this guy must be pretty good at what he does. <laughs> yeah, I was contemplating back and forth whether I should have invited her. I don't think we had been dating that long. And I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I kind of had this hunch that we might win something. I'm like, well, this will really impress <laughs> this girl. <laughs> um, and yeah, it turned out to be uh, a really good night for us award-wise. And uh, it maybe made Ariad uh Think a little bit higher of me, I guess. As long as you were available to talk to her on the night. Yeah, I think I got I got passed around from a lot of um, you know fifty year old dudes that started wanting to date me that night too. <laughs> a bit into their beer. <laughs> and then you finished at Modus, and that must yeah. that must have been a couple of years all told. Something yeah, like yeah, it was a couple of years all told, and you know, like um, yeah, Harry and I had. Uh, just decided that, you know, we wanted to, to go out, get married, spend some time traveling around. And, you know, we knew we wanted to start up our own business together. It was a good time to do that, you know, and we left. And, you know, the brewing industry is so full on that it's, it's kind of like you're either in it or you're not. And so we decided to take some time off and get to travel around a bit, spend some time with family all around the world. 
get to see some new places. It was really great for me because I got to get out and be inspired again by brewing, go and visit a lot of these places that I had only read about and, you know, seemed like they would be spots that I would actually never get to, to go and actually see and, and try the beer. What were some of those highlights? There was a couple. Uh, one of my highlights was drinking sorghum beer out of a bucket in Africa, which was pretty cool with this group of guys on the wild west coast of South Africa. But, you know, obviously the more traditional breweries that we checked out that were really cool and inspiring for what we want to do at Mountain Culture. We're in Bavaria. We spent a lot of time in Europe traveling around, getting to see those places. I got to meet all my brewing heroes in Brussels and around Belgium and some really like, you know, kind of neat like places down back roads in the Czech Republic. And it was awesome to kind of go and take these trips and, you know, become inspired by beer again. And Harriet, as we were discussing earlier, has a background in media, so not really brewing or hospitality, but she was really keen to back you into doing something yourselves. That's right, yeah. She has a lot of experience in media. We kind of, we started thinking about it early on. We're like, man, this is really good. We kind of have, you know, somewhat of a power team here where it's like I can handle all of one side of the business and she can handle another side of the business. And I think that works really well. You know, two people that I've always looked to is a husband and wife team that owns Russian River. And they said their key to success was that they both handle different parts of the business and their desks are about as far apart as possible in the brewery um, that can physically be done. So we've kind of taken that model of uh, Vinny's and put it into our own group where Harriet is the queen of social media. I don't look at it because apparently she just pays me out the entire time. Uh, <laughs> and it's probably not too good for, uh, <laughs> for my own ego but uh yeah she handles all all the media and communication side and i just uh do what i do best which uh, i guess is sticking into the beer and drinking beer with people <laughs> was it always part of the plan that you were going to come back to sydney or at least new south wales and do something here well, it was when I left Modus. We really had our eye on the Blue Mountains. And, you know, we, we came back here and we were all gung-ho that we were going to open up this place right away. And then it fell through, you know. So we were working on it for a couple of months and the building just didn't work out for various reasons. And, you know, we had our hearts set on it. We had been, we probably put about six months of work into going through due diligence and all of this. And, and, you know, it just, it, it didn't work out. So we, we were kind of gutted about that, but we kept trying, found another building, also shortly fell through. And, you know, we started to feel like, oh, you know, is this like ever gonna, ever gonna happen? So, you know, we got sidetracked a bit where we just thought like, oh, you know, maybe we look for breweries in other locations, tossed around moving back to the US for a while or over to Europe where Harriet's father's side of the family is from. But, uh, then this, this place worked out and it was, it was pretty serendipitous, like everything just kept falling into place. So we just kept going with it and, you know, we just kind of looked up after a couple of months of working on the building. It was like, hey, we actually have a shot of making this place work in the area that we had set out to have a brewery work in the beginning. Now, obviously at Modus, you were very much known for making some pretty big and hoppy beers, such as the likes of Former Tenant and Zoo Feeder, to name another one. When you were planning to go out on your own, were you keen to sort of stay on that path or keen to try new things? 
Look, I really wanted to try new things. Like it's been one of those things where, you know, through the traveling that I did and kind of to be re-inspired by beer and also just kind of going through this process of opening a new brewery, I of course wanted to have very different beer. So we kind of set our sights on mostly focusing on like lager and like mixed culture beer at first. And then we got into the building phase and um, figured out how expensive it was to open up a brewery in the Blue Mountains and all the renovations that needed to be done on the building. And the local feedback was that a lot of people up here were really hungry for some big IPAs. So we have opened up with kind of a variety of things, which I'm happy with, you know, being a brew pub, I think to go in one direction is kind of foolish. So, you know, we've opened up with some different beers, which would be more on the, the lager side of things and the, the lighter side, much lower ABV and things like that that we would have done at Modus. But we also have a couple heavy hitting IPAs in our lineup as well. The goal is obviously to constantly experiment. Like I would feel like a pretty lazy brewer if I was just brewing the same stuff that I had been brewing for the past couple of years. So. There's a double red IPA in there at about 8%, but yep. <laughs> um, you were stressing to me that it's definitely a very different hot build to the likes of former tenant. It is. like That was one of the hardest things, you know, with coming out with our lineup because everybody just kept being like, dude, you got to brew red IPA. And honestly, I didn't want to because I was like, man, like I put a lot of time into that beer at Modus and like I really did brew that beer, you know, to a lot what I thought like my palate enjoyed. And that's kind of what I go with when I'm, you know, coming up with recipes and stuff. So like I changed up just a lot about what I thought like a red IPA could be like and went for something that was way more on the like citrus side, mostly going more towards US hops. So it is still big, it is red, uh, but you know, I think it's a, it's a pretty different beer than, than what we were doing before. You are still doing some experimentation with wild yeast. Did you harvest those from around here? Absolutely, yeah. So this is like the part that I'm most excited about with the brewery is, is getting into to lager brewing and getting into mixed culture kind of stuff. So we have harvested a lot of wild yeast strains from the area, mostly from down in the canyons in the Blue Mountains, but also just from some of the plateaus. We've got a culture that we've been developing. You know, we're starting to bring that side of it to life. A big thing that I wanted to focus on when we were, we were starting out up here was building trust with like the local community. So with that, we've opened up with a lineup of beer that that I'm really proud of, but I think, you know, is like approachable for folks that maybe haven't had a, a lot of experience with craft beer. So as we're, you know, winning over the locals with some beers that, you know, they can kind of sink their teeth into, I'm really excited to start just slowly incorporating some funky stuff into the lineup. And I'm hoping that that will also kind of become part of the local favorites up here. Katoomba doesn't exactly have the most thriving existing craft beer scene, to my knowledge. What's been the response from the locals so far? So far, people are really responsive to it. Like, I'm pretty amazed. Like, we opened up with two beers that I thought would be very geared towards somebody who maybe hadn't had any experience with craft beer before. 
And, um, you know, people would try them and be like, wow, these are, these are tasty. And then they would go for some of the, like, the bigger beers on the menu, and now they're just hooked on those almost instantly, where it's like their second or third time drinking craft beer, and all they want is, like, a kettle sour or, like, really dark motor oil stout or some of these big IPAs that we're packing with, you know, almost, like, over 20 grams per liter of hops, you know, and these people are just, like, they love them. So it's really cool. Like, I think the local community is, they have much more advanced palates. And I think also they're very willing to, like, try something that's new and different and embrace it. So, yeah, it's been pretty awesome. We've been open for about three weeks, and there's been so many people that have been in there almost twice a week, every week that we're open. And, and it's it's like, that's pretty good. Like, the best kind of feedback I feel like I can receive. Many tourists coming through? Uh, right now, we haven't really marketed at all. The word's kind of getting out organically, you know? So this last week that we were open, we had a few tours pop in. But pretty much the first two weeks, it's just been packed full of people that are like our neighbors. So yeah, it's, uh, it's getting out in, a, in an organic way. Um, but, you know, so far, it's, the ratio has been predominantly yeah, folks from up here. Now, we had a look around the brewery before, and one of the bits of kit that you've got there is a reverse osmosis plant, which is something that you don't see in every small craft brewery. Tell me what that does and why it was important to you to have that bit of gear. So we've put in the reverse osmosis kit because I really wanted to expand somewhat of my horizons as a brewer and start focusing on the main ingredient in beer, which is water. So we basically can take our water and start from a neutral base, stripping absolutely everything out of it. And then we can add the minerality into it that we want. So a good starting place is to kind of look at the minerality from around the world and see what people are doing, like in the Czech Republic is the example that everybody likes to use. Also with that, it's like, we still have the capability then of saying like, hey, we really like it when we like up the like, sulfite profile or the magnesium profile in a certain beer and we're getting more of whatever characteristic we're looking for. So like I love it because it just gives me another element of control like let's say with hops or grain where we can manipulate that water to be whatever the hell we want it to be for like beers that we're making. And it's kind of the the part that right now we're experimenting with the most. At some of the breweries that I had, had run in the past you know, we would say like, oh, we want this. So we'll just add more hops to it in this stage of the brewing process. Where now I'm kind of like messing around, enhancing those flavors through like minerality in the brewing water, which I think is kind of fun and something neat to play with. Trends come and go very quickly in the brewing world. And I think, you know, the whole hazy, juicy craze has been something that's probably really taken off since you left Modus. Is that something that you were kind of following while you were traveling around? Because obviously... Um, you've got the cult juice in your lineup. It was. No, we, you know, it was something that like had kind of popped up on my radar before I left. But going back to the States and meeting up with a lot of my buddies who were brewers over there that were kind of coming out with this new style and, and tasting these beers uh, was awesome. You know, I thought, okay, cool, I'm going to bring that back to Australia and, and start doing that years ago. But then, you know, we had all these fall throughs happen and it's amazing to see like that beer really take off and seem to be more than just a you know a fad. It's uh, it's sticking around. People really love that style. 
So yeah, it's, it was something that was always on my radar to brew in the new place. You know, I've been really lucky. Like a lot of my mates back in the U.S. have been in these breweries that kind of started up doing that kind of stuff, or at least associated with the people that were starting up doing those styles. So I can't really take credit for like if, if people like the uh, New England IPAs too much because I've had a lot of help from folks overseas uh, with putting those recipes together. And what do you think is the secret to a good example of that style? Well, like I was speaking about before, like it's another reason why I decided to take the leap and invest in the reverse osmosis is because I do believe that you know, building your water profile is so much of it. And, you know, so much of the advice that I got was around that, you know, where they're saying the beer can go clear or not go clear. But, you know, if you get the water profile right and the, the hopping regime right, like you're pretty much going to have a winner no matter what. Like if it, if it stays, you know, really hazy and there's a lot of biotransformation in the beer or if it if it does drop out and go clear either way, like... You know, you're going to be left with something that when you're drinking it, it's like, well, this is awesome. <laughs> At the end of the day, I guess that's that's all you could really hope. <laughs> now, you've already got beer out in cans. Is that that's mobile canning that's made that possible? Yeah, we're pretty tiny up here, so like we don't have much beer to actually put in cans. But it's really important to me to have that aspect of it. Like having beers in the breweries with friends is. You know, it's really awesome, but I also like to, you know, finish the day like from rock climbing or mountain biking or something like that and have a beer in the parking lot. Like some of those beers I think are the best ones I've ever had. So it was really important to me to get the beer into some kind of package that could go other places. So yeah, we're working with a mobile canning line. Right now we have three styles in cans, but we'll, we'll probably get up to about six styles in cans before too long. And are they unlikely to travel much further than the brewery itself? I would say predominantly they will be sold in the brewery. Like we've had a few, you know, of our friends who really wanted to carry them and that have been so supportive of us like during the process of building the brewery that I've tried to get them cans. But, you know, unfortunately, like with our size right now, I'm pretty limited to how much I can get out there. And if somebody's coming to the brewery, like I want to make sure that they can get the cans and even there we're we've done our first run and we're pretty much out of them at this point so I'm kind of counting the days until we can package again and get some more beer into can. Now you're saying it's a 220 <laughs> capacity venue and it's not the biggest brewery in the world it, yep. it, it strikes me that if you get really busy over summer you could kind of struggle to keep up with just servicing people coming into the into the venue is there scope in that venue for you to be able to put in more tanks etc. There is, and it's something that I am definitely concerned about. This year, I think we'll be all right. Like, I, I was literally brewing my ass off for the last couple of months to just stockpile as much beer as we could, especially beers that, like, would age well, you know, and be okay to leave in keg. Obviously, anything hoppy that we have, you know, I don't want it sitting around in a keg for longer than, like, a couple of weeks, ideally. There is like a opportunity to up our capacity. We're lucky enough to build this deck on the back area of the brewery, which we also have a massive underground area in that we made sure was high enough that we can fit more tanks. So right now we have five fermenters that we're working with, but um, we could get about 15 of them down there in the future. Like they would be small tanks, so it'd still be like one-off batches going into them. But, you know, if we had 15 more tanks, like that would kind of allow us to 
age things a bit longer, you know, like take a, a few more risks, like get a little bit more of our cans out there in the market, et cetera, et cetera. So that is, that is definitely something we're looking at in the future. Tell me about the building. It's got a lot of character. You must have felt like when you discovered that, you know, this, this is going to be perfect for a brewery. I was actually pretty <laughs> hesitant about taking on that building. Like, it was really run down. It had a lot of character to it, but it, you know, it needed a ton of work. From its size and location, it was also a bit tricky to figure out how we were actually going to get the brewery in there. Um, but, you know, as, as we've come through the process, it, you know, the building is, is really polished up nice. You know, we've, we've definitely taken a lot of time to try, and, to try and fix it up the best we could. And it's a pretty neat looking home for the beer. Do you know much about its history? What was in there before you? So most recently, it was a Civic Video, um, which we used to go in and rent DVDs, oddly enough. And <laughs> we're kind of looking at it at the time being like, this location is pretty awesome. But back in the day, it was the printing press for the town. What can people expect when they come visit you? You do do food at the venue? We do, yeah. We're a full venue, so we, we have food. We also have natural wine on tap from a few small producers that we've become friends with. Um, and yeah, we'll also have some entertainment at the brewery. We're trying to support local bands from the area. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a great place to come and hang out after a big day in the mountains, you know, if you've been out hiking or climbing or something like that. Want to come in with your mates and have a beer afterwards and some dinner and, and hang out at night. It's a good spot. And having been away from brewing yourself for a few years in traveling and then setting this place up, what are your thoughts on how the brewing scene in Australia has kind of evolved over that time? It's incredible, man, to see how many breweries are out there. Like, I popped into the craft beer conference in Sydney last year and just seeing all like the new faces that were out there and like the, the new breweries that have popped up everywhere. It's really amazing. It's really awesome. It's so good for, I think, the craft beer scene and changing the public perceptions where it is like, this is a very accepted, very real industry that's going to stick around. Fantastic. Well, wish you the best of luck with the new venture. I hope you and Harriet have got your desks far enough apart. <laughs> yeah, we'll try and keep working on that. Thanks for joining me on the show, mate. Cool. Thanks, Ann. That's James Atkinson of the Drinks Adventures podcast, talking with DJ McCready of Mountain Culture Brewing in Australia. Learn more about James and his great podcast at drinksadventures.com.au. On that site, you'll find links to all of his social media pages, new articles, and, of course, more podcast episodes. I hope you'd enjoy the show as much as I did, and please subscribe to Drinks Adventures wherever you get your podcast. My thanks to James for suggesting the show swap and for running Drink Beer, Think Beer to his audience a few weeks back. New episodes, by the way, of Drink Beer, Think Beer are released every Wednesday. And also, be sure to check out BeerEdge.com. Hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm John Hall. Thanks for tuning in.